It's Tuesday, July 5th, 2022, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam, this is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior! America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by! This episode of the podcast is brought to you, as always, by Man Rubs. Rubs, barbecue tools, blow torches, t-shirts, coffee cups, and all-around barbecue-related gear for you to make barbecue great again can be found at manrubs.com and on Instagram, manrubs. Use the code STEAK15 for 50 prints it off. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear. They're at stayreadygear.com and on Instagram, stayreadygearusa. Holsters, custom kydex, mag carriers, tourniquet carriers, on and off-duty gear, hot melted plastic made just for you. Need something custom? They got you covered. Use the code STEAK for 5% off. Don't get ready. Stay ready. The Pillow King of Minnesota and the apparatus known as the MyPillow family. Still got a BOGO going on. In addition to that, big, big 4th of July savings down at MyPillow.com. When you enter promo code STEAK at checkout, you're going to uh, experience large savings and own the greatest night's sleep you've ever owned. MyPillow.com forward slash STEAK is the website. Or you can talk to a qualified pillow representative, 1-800-658-8045. The top tier of ear gear and the world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording equipment can be found at Odyssey. Whether you're gaming, potting, wondering what love's got to do with it, oh, get those ear needs taken care of and done upright. Odyssey.com is the website. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms has been servicing Southern California for over a decade. He's a licensed FFL. If you're into the tradesies, don't live in Canada. He's got a five-star rating as well. Newly redesigned, easy-to-use website is westcoastsurvivalarms.com. He's on Facebook Messenger and via the telephone, 619-870-6992. Steak for breakfast backs the blue. We love our first responders, and they're always working hard. They're working especially hard over the weekend. Mm. Shootings galore. While they're off-duty, they're probably wearing some gear from Mediocre Medic. Sweatshirts, t-shirts, flip-flops, fanny packs, and more. Stickers and patches for while they're on the job. So they got a pretty fire IG. MediocreMedic.com is the website. And last but certainly not least, the gold standard of tactical flair, home of the Zero Fucks Duck. We found a dump box. Don't know? Go ask Mark Joe Friday. Dumpbox.us is the website. They're on Instagram and Facebook as well. Friends, don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at Steak for Podcast Breakfast or on the website at SteakForBreakfastPodcast.com. There you'll find a link tree that'll take you to all our social medias, the website, our newest Substack, which dropped today, Telegram channel, and more. On that note, to all our friends joining us today on the Patriot Podcast Network via the Roku app, Frank Speech, Twitterverse, Instagram, Discord, and now via our verified account on True Social. Welcome, Tuesday edition. Steak for Breakfast Podcast, episode 149. I'm Roan. Noah's here. Yo. Antoinette's joined us. Not bad. We've got a uh, ladies-only edition coming in hot today. We're going to be sitting down with uh, one of our great friends, one of everybody's great friends in the movement, Miss Erica Knight, and uh, do a little bit of the news later with everybody's favorite guest host, Miss Geisha Montez. Damn! 
All right, coming in with us first on the show today, she is the president of Night Agency. She is one of our great friends and uh, working a lot harder behind the scenes than just about everybody knows uh, out there for the Patriot Movement. It's Miss Erica Knight, and she's back on Steak for Breakfast. Well, thanks for having me back, guys. You know, this is my my favorite thing to do is come on your show. Oh, wow. Thank you. So I guess we have your full and total endorsement before we even get started. <laughs> full and total endorsement. Oh, she said the words. There you go. You, you wouldn't you wouldn't be sending all of your friends our way if it wasn't uh if it wasn't for uh, the quality of podcast we put out here. How are you doing? Happy Fourth of July. How was your weekend? What's going on? Yeah, I mean my weekend was really good. I love celebrating America's birthday. I had all of my kids singing happy birthday in the front yard and they wanted some cake next to my big giant inflatable uncle Sam that I've got outside. So <laughs> nice. At least my neighbors know what they're dealing with when they, when they drive by. Love it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's pretty interesting. I was actually walking around the neighborhood yesterday morning and uh, I, I did notice there was at least three or four trucks that were parked that had huge American flags and either fuck Joe Biden or let's go Brandon flags on the back. And, and we're talking about out here and, you know, this is this is considered the deep state of uh, the radical left in Southern California. I mean, at least you're in Arizona. But I was surprised to see. Well, I'm not really surprised to see that. I mean, a lot of people love the 45th president of the United States. But, yeah, I, I felt like, uh, you know, it was kind of after a, an exhausting year, which which gave you a hangover before you even got to the barbecues on the 4th of July. There was a lot of people who were pushing back. um to try and get a, a little bit of patriotic vibe in yesterday over uh, the weekend. You know, I actually have seen in my neighborhood full on like Christmas light displays of red, white, and blue. And I was really jealous thinking I, you know, now I feel like I need to really step it up because I didn't think of that, but I mean, we had some really good displays around here in Arizona. I got yeah. a big led flag in my window, but that's year round. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had, yeah, a, well, I had a Trump uh, floaty, like an inflatable for the pool. <laughs> My husband surprised me. He like blew it up and he's like, it took me hours. <laughs> and he surprised me with it. It was really funny. And it was a, it was a hit. I wasn't sure if I should bring it out, but everybody was like, oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. I need one of those. I do have let's go Brandon t-shirts for all of my small children. Oh, I need um, them. Yeah, we we did our Christmas card, and I put them in Let's Go Brandon t-shirts. So it was a great Christmas um, card. <laughs> it, it's great. Yeah, I mean, I also sent them to preschool in those t-shirts as well, and they didn't get sent home. So we'll we'll stick with it for now. Yeah, my nice. my daughter's Let's Go Brandon NASCAR themed t-shirt. Baby T didn't go over as well out here. No, no. So she hmm. did, she did. oh you're yeah. They make her take it off. Well, no, they just you know send home a little correspondent. Hey, listen, we tried not to make as big of political statements in the classroom as that. She went in rocking the hot Cheeto sweatshirt like she usually does, and then as soon as uh -huh. it got hot out at, at recess, she, she's got the let's go. But, you know, they've got – both of my kids have gotten prompted over the course of uh, the last year for saying let's go Brandon in class. So you got to get out of California. My – my well, he, he's, he was five. He told his preschool teacher – well, he actually announced to his class that uh, – Joe Biden is the worst president on the history of the planet. And uh, the school director just called me and just to let me know what happened and prepped it and said, you know, well, he's not wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> at no. least we get away with it here. It's like, are you attacking my child's First Amendment rights right now? <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Yeah. Well, we, we're they're a little bit more supportive out here in Arizona. I mean, I think there's a lot of people trying to turn it blue, but... 
I like to believe it's not going anywhere. I shared a good video over the weekend. Now we're talking about that. And it's like the, the video is, uh, it says POV, you're a parent walking into your kid's kindergarten classroom in Southern California. And it was like a 280 pound multicolored hair, like glasses wearing LBGT t-shirt, like doing a little song and dance when you're walking into the classroom and it immediately, um, goes to that one, one show with the, uh, with the sports agents where the guy's like, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) So it it, it was, it was a pretty good one. And that's, that's kind of the way I feel. Luckily, you know, for the most part, my kids have had uh, pretty good teachers. None of them have been like last year. I believe it was my daughter. She was right across the street from, there was a guy who wore, wore like, Nuthugger shorts. He had blue hair and Birkenstocks to school. He looked like the teacher from uh, Beavis and Butthead. But, uh, you know, they haven't had any of those teachers yet, and I'm kind of thankful for it because at the end of the day, all I want them to do is learn something while they're there. Right. And uh, especially out here in Southern California. But, uh, it was you know, bit- I've gotten some interesting, you know, things from just being a PC in my neighborhood. They know what I do. And I've gotten some videos from our schools, especially the you know, middle schools, high schools. And I've seen, you know, firsthand, some of these teachers are saying, I haven't seen any of these teachers like rainbow hair yet, but there's some crazy crap that goes down in them. Yeah. You know, uh, in the, in the States where it's not as radical progressive and, and super liberal, the teachers hide a little bit better and they wait to really get all out there. They, it seems like they go to like the higher grades in middle school and then high school, just so they know, like once they get the kids in the classroom, they can indoctrinate them, but it's not but like the kids have cell phones. I mean, the kids are taking videos of it. That's where they're going wrong. Yeah. yeah that that's where they are getting caught up. And it's, it's, it's some of those things right now where we've, we've seen some really bad ones over the course of the last couple of years. And it's, it's pretty gross. So, I mean, I was thinking about it, honestly. I mean, not to go off on a side tangent, but who knows how the hell long this has even been happening, you know? Like, now we have social media, and the kids have cell phones, and they're recording it, so we know about it. But, I mean, what was happening before? I mean, I don't know if people were this insane 20 years ago, but if well, they were, maybe we just didn't know. People, people didn't know that it was happening to the extent that it's happening, and children didn't know that they needed to be aware of it. I mean, because back then it was, it was, you know, if my teacher would have told me something when I was in school and like, you know, high school in the, in the 90s, Shake I would have been like, off. okay, yeah. Shake it off. Yeah. We, exactly. we, we also did have more of a uh, working relationship between like, let's say law enforcement and uh, insula- institutionalizations back in like, you know, the yeah. 90s and before to where if, if some of these people that are like the ones that are committing crimes that happened like over the weekend, uh, all throughout the the major cities where they have, you know, DAs and stuff that just let whoever out of jail, uh, these people would have been in jail or they would have been, you know, in, in hospitals and they just don't do that anymore. So it's, It's, yeah, but we need, I mean, my husband was speeding down the freeway yesterday to get to our medieval time show and (laughs) He saw a cop and he was telling the kids like, no, no, there's a cop. And I was like, don't you dare teach my kids to, to disrespect law enforcement. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's one of those things we, we had on, we've had on a couple guests lately who, who feel the same way. You know, we had on Jorge Ventura, who's with the daily caller last week. And he, he, he was on the ground in Uvalde when they had that whole drop the ball with law enforcement. But he, oh. he talked about how, Getting the receipts, but at the same time showing everybody, like, listen, this doesn't 
lessen our support of law enforcement. It just shows that like, because of the total system, especially in small towns like Uvalde, uh, there are flaws and it's extremely political. It's not like on TV where there's like all these offices and desks and stuff like that. It's usually like, you know, just a police chief and a couple deputies and, and, and that's about it. So, and then the same thing when we had Matt Whitaker on, you know, he, he says, his unwavering support of law enforcement will never change. And even though there's always going to be a couple bad apples, it's, it's always the uh, totality of the situation. And, and a lot of things that people don't understand, like you see one bad police interaction on TV and not knowing that there are hundreds of thousands of them. Well, people know, but they just don't, you know, put that into context uh, across the country. There is, so there is corruption in everywhere, every single industry everywhere. I mean, there are great people and the, you know, few bad apples ruin everything. Well, it's like when I was a bouncer, like there was even killed mellow <laughs> bouncers like me. And then there was the assholes that worked at the place down the corner that would beat the shit out of people. For it's no just, reason. Yeah. That's just how it is. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I like to think that I'm not an well. asshole. Well, and I mean, like we were talking about teachers too, you know, there are some amazing teachers that dedicate their lives to educating children. And, you know, then you've got a few that walk around in rainbow hair trying to teach lord knows what these days and i mean it gives everybody a bad rap oh it's true and uh you know in 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 a lot of contexts it's scary but uh you know we'll just continue to keep our eyes on it and report it the best we can and uh you know try to call it down the middle even though the left does a really good job of uh putting themselves out there and they did so this weekend so erica you you've been busy running around why don't you let our (laughs) listenership know all the stuff that's going on in your life you you've you've been a part of a lot of major things that have been happening lately, whether it be some successful campaigns and or children's books. And uh, you teased a little <laughs> bit last time you were on the show with Cash. And, uh, you know, it's, it, well, talking to you offline as frequently as I do, it sounds like you're just getting started. Yeah, well, I mean, let's see, campaigns. So, I mean, I work on a few so far. I think we're two for two in primary wins. I know you know Laxalt up in Nevada really well. Sure. He is I mean, he took that primary, you know, by by a long ways, and now they're going after him like crazy, of course. And he's going to take down. I mean, that's another one. I, you know, I'm a. We're all in the Southwest here, so Nevada is one that they they want to turn blue. Well, it is blue. They want to keep it blue. Keep it blue, I guess. Um, that's not going to happen. Like he's gonna he's gonna take that campaign and. Through. nobody even knows who Cortez Masto is. I mean, that's nobody knows, nobody cares. And she's going to be gone by November. Um, you guys have had Pika on out yep. in Illinois. He just won his primary by, by a long ways as well. He is busy because gosh, I mean, sadly, that's that shooting yesterday is an hour away from his village and I mean, I think he basically has run most of his campaign on crime, and that's a huge issue in Illinois because they just keep throwing all these criminals back on the streets. I mean, he says it's like they're catching release programs. They get them, and they throw them back out on the streets, and they commit murders. And I mean, that seems like such common sense to me. Like, you get the criminals, you lock them up, and maybe you keep them keep them locked up so they can no longer commit crimes. I strange i i hear a lot of people just talk about these common sense politics and i feel like i just can't really see why it's so hard you know no you, you know you make a lot of sense and and you know 
great job with you coordinating some of those campaigns. You know, you do a lot more behind the scene. You, you're connected to a lot of the uh, special guests we always have on the show. Ambassador yeah. Grinnell, Cash Patel, Matt Whitaker, Devin Nunez. And uh, it seems like you've got Yeah, yourself... I've got you some pretty cool people. Yeah, you, you have a pretty strong posse, to say the least. So, <laughs> Well, it... it's all these people that are trying to save America. And, I mean, Arizona's big. I know you guys know and love Carrie. Um, we're all pulling for her here. She's got... This Karen Robeson, I think, spends a million dollars a week trying to go after her. Um, I know you guys have had my friend uh, Kelly Cooper on a couple of times. He is, it's all, it's, I mean, we've got an America First candidate, we've got Rhino candidates, and then we've got these crazy, crazy Democrats. I mean, he's running against, uh, in the primary, I think you've, you've talked to him, this woman, Tanya Willis. Yep. She was the chief of staff for Stephen Richer, who would not audit the election. So. Uh, I mean, he's definitely tried to get in front of the Trump crowd there. We just found out that she has been don or has in the past donated money to Greg Stanton, former former Phoenix mayor, who is running against her in the uh, new district out here, um, which is pretty interesting. I mean, it seems to me like the the establishment crowd and the Democrats really just kind of mix and mingle like peanut butter and jelly over the years. Nothing to see here. Yeah, it's pretty weird that you mentioned that. I, I just put out our newest Substack today, and it actually talks about it. a lot of the elements that you just mentioned there. It's a, the title, not very creative, but it's MAGA versus fake MAGA versus the establishment and how the infighting within the Republican Party and the conservative movement, especially in the America First set, is, uh, you know, really it ends with each other. And we've seen some major candidates who are part of the America First agenda, some of them Trump endorsed, already knocked out due to due party infighting. And, uh, you know, a lot of that comes via Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell. But, you know, we've also seen people like Ronald McDaniel and the big money machine there at the RNC and uh, Carl Rove and people like that get involved to try and sabotage people's campaigns. And uh, it's really unfortunate. Um, you know, we've seen some of the major influencers online as well lately uh, kind of take the task as a uh, trying to pick off some of the America first Trump endorsed candidates as well. We tried to make sense of it, you know, for like the last several months, but uh, at the end of the day, it's like, I don't know why you would literally sacrifice numbers, which is what we need to kind of push back against this establishment agenda uh, just to kind of get people to, you know, like, and share your stuff on social media. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of fake people. I mean, I, over the years, I think a lot of people have said pretty much whatever the heck they needed to say. I forget. I can curse on this show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> get it. you know whatever they need to say to get elected i mean it's people how many times have you seen i mean it's big democrats now but people flip-flopping just because i mean behind the scenes there's so much messaging polling that nobody knows about people testing different phrases people testing different endorsements how does it look if you know so and so endorses me how does it look if i say this and so they know what voters want they know what's going to go well and so you know, there's the good candidates that stick to their principles. They are not going to sway on what they believe in. Those are the types of people I like to be around. And then there's the type of people that'll say, well, you know, I'm, I'm a pro-life candidate. My district polls super high pro-choice. So, you know, I'm going to be pro-choice today or whatever the issue is. And so I think there's a lot of that behind the scenes that most people don't pay attention to, but it can be really gross. And I think those are the types of people that we need to get the hell out of the way. 
Yeah, and, you know, you don't even realize it, but, you know, I saw a really good clip today. I didn't pull any audio clips for you, uh, Erica, because you're just coming in to get have a conversation with us. But this is one that I thought really, uh, you know, we, we made it to this part of the conversation. And when we talk about, like, the totality of things that are going on out there, the, the lack of backing of law enforcement and kind of the deballing that they've had to go through since – late in the uh, Obama administration, um, you know, and you combine that with the huge mental health and drug epidemic that we have going on in this country. And then you factor in some of these bad candidates, whether they're established one establishment ones who only vote party lines and don't care about where they're coming from. Uh, they're just going to vote with the ticket or the radical progressive ones that we planted in there. I saw last night, in addition to the shooting that they had in Illinois that we already mentioned, which was extremely tragic, spoiler alert, Federal law enforcement agencies had this guy on their radar for over a year and did nothing. Weird. Isn't that always the case? I mean, I, I was I've obviously been reading a ton about this issue just because of Mayor Keith and yep. the amount. I mean, they all have mental health problems. They're all on the radar and the radar, and, and they do nothing about it. And I mean, I, I never want to be a conspiracy theorist, but you gotta wonder why not. Alex Jones just smiled wherever he is right now. Um, no, no, but it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you can't take that out of context because, you know, I saw some of the stuff that people were sharing on his social, from his social medias yesterday before a lot of them were scrubbed because you know how they're going to paint this. He kind of doesn't oh. look like he's on our team. But they're going to frame it that way. They're going to find the few pictures where he does look relatively normal-ish, and they're going to say that, you know, this was uh, – Massive failure of the gun distribution industry, gun shop owners. Uh, you know, he had problems in the home. Well, I, I mean, it's already like Washington Post headlines. Like yeah. The gun was obtained legally. It's it's all. I mean, they're losing in the midterms. The I mean, the polling for everybody. I mean, all of the Trump candidates are winning their primaries and they're going to win in November. So what do they want to talk about? Abortion and guns. Yeah, that's a true story. I saw somebody that posted, it was all the people that were coming out, you know, doing the usual, like, the Pride. gun manufacturers oh, and blah, Pride. blah, 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 blah. Pride month's over. No, but they were not coming out. Gotcha. Uh, coming out with all their, their postings about, <laughs> like, the anti-gun postings. And there was a guy Ooh. that, I forget who it was, I wish I could remember, went side by side and yep. searched for them mentioning Waukesha. Oh, no, yeah, I, I saw that, and every single one was a no no search found. Yeah, so it, it's it like, okay, Cernovich. I'm in a, Yeah, Cernovich, yeah. So uh, basically all these people, they're not outraged about somebody getting mowed down with a car, but if it, well, if yeah. it fits I mean, their narrative. That nobody, you can, this is the same exact thing has happened at a parade. I mean, somebody has driven through a parade with a vehicle and killed multiple people. So if you are mentally deranged and you want to hurt people, you're going to get a weapon that allows you to do so. And if you take away people, I mean, guns don't kill people. People kill people. Yep. And if you want to do it, you'll figure out how to do it. I mean, you can make, I mean, we haven't heard a ton about bombings these days, but how many, how yeah. many of those have we had? Well, yeah, yeah. look at, look at the, the, the amount of devastation that's caused by a bombing. Like I'm not right. saying, I'm not saying you're better off getting shot at, but it's hard to get away from a bomb blast. Just, course, just imagine yeah. how many terrorists have come in unabated across the southern border in the last year. Oh, it was a couple yeah. probably, not that many. Yeah. Everything's I mean, fine. Look, Biden, I mean, Biden says I'm sure it. many more people were hurt at the uh, Boston Marathon. And we, I mean, what are they going to do? Attack bombs? You know, they don't attack the bombs. They attack the terrorists. We're going to have common sense pressure cooker laws. Yeah, we need to ban all assault pressure cookers. Yeah, assault pressure <laughs> yeah. cookers. Right. 
But I want, I want but to. That's I, the thing, you know, like it's these people are mentally deranged. If you are that type of person and you can't, you can't or you won't get the help you need, you're going to figure it out, whether it's a gun, whether it's a bomb, whether it's a car, whether it's your steak knives in your kitchen. Yeah, no, it's, it's a true story. And when you saw some of that guy's uh, social medias that were released, across other accounts yesterday, uh, you know, there was videos that literally talked about active shooting. It showed, you know, him in a classroom wearing tactical gear. It showed pictures of cartoons. That was like a music video or something he was in? Yeah, but there was also like another video from one of his accounts that was actually him driving down the parade route where the shooting happened yesterday. And, and while they were driving, the only sound in the background was the noise from the, uh, like, EBS system. And this was put up 10 months ago. Wow. Yeah. So There's, there's always weird weird things you never nobody ever talks about it after you know people start theorizing for a few days and then you don't hear anything about it for about 10 years and then the truth starts coming out yeah and when you want to talk about how bad is it for democrats uh heading into these midterm elections we're literally starting to see uh several of the cases where metaphorically they're at I don't want to play with this anymore. Uh, I saw the mayor of Philadelphia where there was another shooting yesterday. Not as bad. I believe two police officers were shot, non-life-threatening injuries. And, uh, but it, it was at the right during the fireworks, you know, and uh, it caused a huge uh, stampede of people to run out of there. He came on the news last night, and uh, it's pretty funny the way that they talk. This is his city. Listen to him. There's not an event or a day where I don't lay on my back at night, look at the ceiling, and wonder, worry about stuff. So everything we have in the city uh, at, over the last seven years, I worry about. I don't enjoy Fourth of July. I don't enjoy the the, the Democratic National Convention. I don't enjoy the the uh, uh, NFL draft. I'm waiting for something bad to happen all the time. So it's I'll be happy when I'm not here, when I'm not mayor, and I can enjoy some stuff. You're looking forward to not being mayor? Yeah, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Gotta love that, right? Wow. Yeah, they, huh. they come in there and completely destroy it, and then they can't wait to get out of there. That's a radical progressive mayor in addition to the radical progressive DA there who lets everybody out of jail. They have some virtue hire, has the chief of their police force who, you know, doesn't care about law enforcement much like, uh, you know, Mayor Adams did when he jumped over to the mayor in New York City. And uh, they've completely ruined one of our finest historic, you know, landmark cities in, in the nation. And uh, they can't wait to get out of there because of how fast it's burning down. And then the people that voted for those people to be in are also moving away, too, because it's a shithole. But, but mm -hmm. How, how are they going to steal the election in 2022 if they all move away? <laughs> I Yeah, I mean, I hope we get rid of a lot of people. Pritzker out in Illinois yes. is another one that could, <laughs> could be on his way, too. But, I mean, it's everywhere, and the media propels it. I mean, I have a very good friend of mine out here called me the other day, and a similar kind of thing happened. Like, some, it ended up being just a little boy had a seizure, but somebody caught wind uh, that it was something else. They freaked out, and two seconds later and they're in church and uh, the whole church is stampeding out because somebody thought that it was gunshots and they didn't know what was really happening for 20 minutes. So it's just this mentality that, I mean, I think, I don't know. I mean, bad stuff has always happened, but now we've got the media, we've got social media, everybody is on edge and it's really, really sad. Yeah. Also, you know, you got, you got to really think about and think twice before you go out anywhere into large public gatherings anymore. It, it doesn't seem like it's, uh, you know, politics-themed events as much as it is just anywhere, the mall, the movie theater. I mean, I know this over the weekend there was Fourth of July gatherings, but those are more of like a combination of, especially in the major cities, uh, social experience and, uh, 
you know, celebrating with the fireworks, the birthday of the country. I think, uh, you know, we're just in a time right now where, where crime is so rampant. You see people running down the street shooting at each other in like broad daylight in New York and Los Angeles and Philadelphia. Like, yeah. And I mean, and Highland, uh, Illinois in general is they have or push for some of the strictest gun, strictest gun laws in the country. So, but it's funny because I was, I, you're right. You think about this everywhere. And we went to see Steve Bannon speak here. Well, it was in Tucson, Arizona a couple okay. months ago. And I said to my husband on the way, I was like, you don't think this is something where they're going to try to protest or something. And he was like, Hmm. You know, I bet every single person in the room is going to be packing. And so anybody tries anything and they'll get shot in two seconds. And it's like, you know, you're probably right. So people, I mean, we go back to they want to take the guns away. But yeah, it's funny how where, that works. Don't, where don't these things happen? You know, the places where they're probably not going to get away with it because you can't. Yeah, no, it makes a whole lot of sense. And uh you know, looking forward, uh, we're just going to have to continue to uh, say as safe as we can. You know, we, we got to all... you got to read the book by Dana Lash from my my friends at Brave Book. She's got a book called Pause Off My Cannon. And, uh, it, you know, it's basically a, about gorillas. And I think it's <laughs> it's donkeys. And they, you know, say the kingdom separates and the ones that are going to uh protect or they want to protect their kingdom with with signs and you know by the end of the story that they figure out that the signs are not no guns allowed signs are not keeping kids or not keeping communities safe the ones that can actually protect the communities with cannons are the ones that are staying safe so you know broken down in kids language you know it's not that hard to understand no it, it certainly isn't and it's one of those things where uh you know, more often than not, when, when some of those unfortunate instances that happen get stopped uh, before you won't hear about it. You, you, number one, you won't hear about it. But number two, it's, well, it's it happened a couple of weeks ago. Like, I don't even know exactly what happened, but yeah. there was something where the, the shooter was shot down by a woman. Yeah, it was out here in California before he could even get in and, and continue to do what he was trying to do. And, uh, you know, it's one of the. Yeah, that was in and out of the news cycle. Uh, it was right. an African American woman too, which which I think. Uh, oh, that's like a double double negative for the for the narrative. Yeah. yeah, but they'll continue to show this idiot that uh, got off yesterday in, on Fourth of July with the Where's Waldo outfit for the next two weeks as they right. try to push more gun legislation before the midterms. And I, I go back to it's like the Democrats are losing in the midterms, so what do they want to talk about? Guns and abortion. Yeah. Yep. Look, you're not there. And sending money to Ukraine. Don't forget that. Yeah, I think we're sending more money over there too. Right. I, uh, with all the money we've sent there, I've I, I've calculated it with a couple campaigns. You could put a couple million in every school in America and get it completely set up to prevent shootings. We, Seems like a better use of my tax dollars. We we have a, our metric is border walls. We're currently at fourteen point five border walls worth of money has been mm-hmm. sent to Ukraine. Imagine that. Yeah. See, things things they won't tell you in the media either but i i think we'd probably be in a lot better shape if we had 14 border walls yeah well we shut down the government for it so imagine that erica you had a you had a pretty uh hot take on on, on the abortion ruling that came down i know you were uh experiencing some extreme frustration with uh, a lot of the retards who were on social <laughs> media that day i know you uh messaged me while we were in, in in recording the show and you're like hey if you need somebody to come on and vent just let me come on <laughs> uh, and it was one of those things yeah, i was annoyed 
Well, you know, this, it just, this annoys me because you have all of these people that are running around bitching on social media for things that they have no idea what they're talking about. I mean, when it really comes down to it, how many people do you know that understand that the Supreme Court's job is to interpret the Constitution? And that's what they were doing. I mean, it's just insane to me that people don't understand that the Constitution spells out a right to bear arms. And that's why they can make those rulings. And there is absolutely nowhere in the Constitution that says a single word about killing babies or whatever you want to call it. And, and that's why the Supreme Court does what they do. Like, they're not in there to make legislation. We have branches of government for that. They are there to interpret the Constitution, which is what they have done. And the states that want to legalize these things can. I mean, the people that are most up in arms about it are, are out in, what, California, Nevada, New York. It's not yep. going anywhere. Yeah. So why are you out complaining? Yeah, it's and, arguable that they actually got more freedoms for it in those states. Right. Yeah, because well, now, now they have the opportunity to put the people in in elected office who will push these narratives if that's really right. the will of the people. But the thing is you're getting such a huge pushback on it because it is not the will of the people. It's like, you know, right. we, we've talked, we, we, we like to break down a lot of stats and numbers on this show. I believe it was Jesse waters a couple months ago. He did a really good one where he went out on the street and he asked people what percentages of like different demographics they thought, you know, yeah. inhibited this country. And when he got into the gay and transgender, it was like 50% of the, all of the people that he interviewed thought that 50% of the country was gay. And then out of all the people he interviewed, 25 of the percent of the people uh, thought that everyone was transgender. And, and it was one of those things where those real numbers. Everyone? Well, no. 25% of the entire country is transgender. Oh, right, right, right. But, but when the actual numbers are, transgender is a little bit over 1%, if that. And oh. and the gay population in the United States is just barely over 3%, which I thought was low, but it's the actual numbers based off 2021 statistics. I think most people love gay people. Like, I don't care what you are. I don't care if you're transgender. I, like, I, I, and I think a lot of people, like, I love everyone just the same. It's just all of the throwing it in people's faces is, I think, what rubs people the wrong way. And I mean, the same thing goes with abortion. I think, I mean, there's legislation out there trying to push 40 week abortions. I mean, that is infanticide. And I, I think that's where that's where they lost people, you know. I think even conservative leaders that are very pro-life, I think that there are many of them that would not argue with legislation that said, you know, you can have an abortion before eight weeks or 12 weeks. I I, I think that that would probably compromise well with a lot of these people, but they start talking about 40 weeks and then, you know, people step up and say, well, <laughs> we can't allow this shit to happen. So yeah. nope, stop this right here. You know, it's like they try to take it so far to the extreme. Yeah. You had, you had, you had Anna Navarro on CNN roundtable discussion last weekend saying that, you know, her, her disabled people is that yeah her disabled family members one was like 57 years old and I she's know. like it's still not too late like they suffer every day and i'm like wait what jesus oh, she really said that yes we played the clip on the show yeah. Oh. yeah so you know yeah. arguing that you know if you're if you're disabled and you're already yeah, alive should. you should yeah. well you and just get rid of you and then you yeah. have I mean, think about it like and i think they actually believed it it's crazy 
And then you have Gavin Newsom. He put out that just cringe video uh, for California. Uh, California's rights are being taken away. And, like, they're citing what uh, – I wish I could remember all of them. They were citing, like, Republicans are banning books. And it's like, okay, they're banning books, math books, that had critical race theory in them. And they're banning picture books of, of young boys blowing each other. Yeah, so I'm, I'm on board with that one. And then, and then they specifically mention uh, Florida – as you know, taking the or making criminals out of women or, or whatever it was, but it's like they cite it literally says on the thing abortions up to 15 weeks. It's like, yeah, that's almost four months. Like, I, I mean, if you can't figure See, it out, this, I, I can't really. I mean, this makes me absolutely insane. Exactly. If you can't figure it out by that time, I mean, you know, I've had children you, 17 weeks, you can start feeling. Yeah. Around in your stomach. I mean, 15 weeks, you can go get an ultrasound. You can tell the gender like it's wild. You really need 15 weeks to decide. Well, it's like any guy that's ever had a pregnancy scare with a girlfriend. Just like, I think I missed my period. And you're like, oh, (laughs) it's like, okay, but are you going to go for three of those and just not notice? Like, oh, I mean, I was watching, I was watching X-Files and, you know, I just got into the show and. Or like, I don't know. I mean, did you not notice the bump growing on your midsection? I mean, by 15 weeks. Well, people are overeating a lot lately, so you never know. Yeah, we're, we are coming out of COVID. Heavy Mexican food. It's <laughs> a whole other problem. In this a bur- burrito way. baby is a real thing. But still, I mean, fat and a hard pregnancy stomach. I mean, Antoinette could tell you the yeah. same thing. Like it- Had to. It's very, very rare that a, a female doesn't know she's pregnant. Yeah, but God forbid. I mean, there, there, somebody's gonna hear this and be like, "Yes." I mean, there's. I didn't know I was pregnant. The people that go forty weeks and like have a baby over their toilet. Well, yes, like four hundred. But as a generality, you probably know by then. I mean, and that's why Arizona did that. They said fifteen weeks, and people were up in arms, like, "Oh, you're taking my rights away." It's like. And like when it's not considered like a human life to these people, it's, it's beyond me. Like you get these people that are like, uh, you know, it's not a baby until it, you know, it's born and it takes its first breath. And Did I'm you like, see that picture of the very pregnant woman that was like, yeah. Not yeah. yeah, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I showed my husband, he's like, he doesn't really, you know, pay attention to all this stuff. But when I showed him that he's like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? And like, what business does that woman have being a mother? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I actually screenshotted the the part of the Newsom thing, and it was like even criminalizing women and doctors. And it says Florida Gov Ron DeSantis signs bill banning most abortions after 15 weeks. It's like, are you using weeks? Just I mean, is I mean I know like with babies right. and little little kids, like weeks is like the the time frame, but it's like. How old's your son? Oh, he's 175 weeks old. No, it's like, <laughs> like you can, isn't you he, can. Isn't he related to Pelosi though? I mean, so it's, it's her, uh, it's her nephew through marriage. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, they should both just kind of go retire and like Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Unfortunately, you're going to probably see <laughs> Gavin Newsom as one of the top contenders for the uh, Democrat ticket for the president in this upcoming election. God, he's such a greasy yeah. turd. He, he wouldn't. You can, add, you can add him to the list of people I would never vote for. Ugh. Yeah, ever. he's uh, he's buying ad time in Florida right now, which shows, uh, you know, it's it's a big play of the hand for him. Erica, the last thing I want to. I'm sure the people in Florida really are, are looking to hear from Newsom. Oh sure. Um, yeah. No. 
What, <laughs> what else you got? Well, True Social, I want to talk about its success. Listen, you're not on the board yet, but you might as well be because you manage a lot of the people who are. <laughs> and it's one of those things you kind of held, a, I would say, a, a, a mild to moderate uh, footprint on social medias before Truth came out. And thanks to some of our great friends like Cash Patel, who puts you out there and on blast all the time, uh, your account ex- has exploded and, and people are getting to check you out now. Now, for someone who's been on social medias for, for, for a long time, like yourself, and then to see the success, let's just say interactions based off True Social, h- how do you feel that the, you know, it, it looks like it's only going to be going up. We're supposed to get an update here soon that's going to allow Android in. Uh, Devin Nunes was on a week and a half ago, and he teased some of the other features. It's going to make it more Instagram-ish in, in regards to, like, the videos and some of the interactive picture stuff you could do and direct messaging. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's taken off pretty fast, and it looks like it's doing pretty successful. You know, I've used social media, but I've never used social media for anything other than to, you know, communicate with family and friends. And Truth Social, I believe, is a platform where you can – you can openly share your views and you're not going to get canceled or, I mean, somebody did call me a, a fucking Karen bitch the other day, which <laughs> I'm not thrilled about, but uh, <laughs> overall, I think it's pretty, pretty friendly. We do have our friend Newsom on there. Yeah. As well. A lot of people are tagging. Every time he posts something, you got all the mega meme makers like grand old memes and mostly peaceful in there, just hammering him in the comment section. So it's pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> But it's fun. I mean, the interaction is fun. And you can see how many people really do think along the same lines as we do. You know, I think the media and all of these leftist psychopaths want us to think that we're the minority. And you really, you go on there and you look around and you realize, "Mm, no, we're not. Yeah. And I, I, listen, it's crazy. We've been doing this for three years now. We've been completely suppressed on social media years holy cow yeah for the entirety of the time we've been on there shortly as soon as we started posting stuff that was either you know pro save america or conservative or god forbid trump you know all of our accounts were just shadow banned out of nothing now here comes true social and in just a few short months we already about at ten thousand followers who are legitimate people uh we do see some negative comments in the comment section which is good there are some troll accounts on there but i like that interaction and then let's yep. just say over the course of the last 24 hours, we've had Dan Scavino come back from the dead. Spoiler alert. We told everybody he had, he was in love again. Uh, we broke that on the, <laughs> on the show with cash not too long ago. And Dan posted a picture of himself with his lady friend yesterday. Yeah, on all his, these guys disappear when they're, when they're in love. Yeah. On his Facebook account. So if you want to see who the mystery lady is, go to Dan's Facebook and you'll see a nice picture of uh, him and her in front of the waterfall at, uh, at one of the Trump golf courses. But uh, Dan Scavino shared our video. And then Cash Patel shared our video. And then this morning, Donald Trump shared a meme or Donald Trump Jr. shared a meme that we uh, put up there. So just imagine nobody knows we're alive for three years. And in the last 24 hours, we have three of the biggest accounts on True Social sharing our content and then, you know, getting hundreds and thousands of followers and, and content interaction. It's really great to see our since yeah, truth- well, that, that's awesome. I mean, if, if Don Jr. is posting you, like, you guys think I'm cool. Like, I think <laughs> I'm really not that cool. Well, we I, like I when you have, share us, too. I had the pleasure mm-hmm. of meeting the president once, and but, you know, you guys you guys will probably get retruthed before me. We'll see. Keep trying to tag him and stuff. We'll see if he ever bites. <laughs> so, well, Donald Trump, if you are listening, please come on the Steak for Breakfast show. Yeah, we know a lot of people <laughs> are trying to uh, – 
trying to get him to get his ear on this show. It was pretty funny. So I was texting with Cash, and, and he actually sent me a screenshot of a conversation that him and Dan Scavino were having, and it was in regards to us because I told Cash, like, look, we found Dan. He shared the video that, that I made of him with all your guys' heads on it. And uh, he's like, yeah, he gave me the thumbs up and then sent me a screenshot of the text. And then I said, well, did he like our show? And he's like, yeah, he listened to your interview. He likes it. I was like, oh, okay, good. I don't know which interview or which show, but – I know he's he's pulling for you to get 45 on here. A lot of people are, and we appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And uh, speaking of True Social, Erica, we want to direct as much of our listenership who aren't already following you to uh, get on True Social and find you across any of the social media platforms you want to give out right now. Oh, you can just find me there, Erica Knight. I think I told you last time I wanted to be Erica. I was not cool enough to just get my first name, but maybe one day. Me neither. I know. Cash said he wants to... uh, Start kicking people out <laughs> who, who have an active account. I've made account. that request already. <laughs> nice. And, uh, of course, we'll live link you in the uh, show description today. And, and at some point, I'm, I'm fairly certain that we're going to have you back on the show. i got to look up yeah, and see well, if there's a Noah if I, posting if I can get If I can get you the president, we'll see. Mm. We're, we're, <laughs> we've gotten a few steps down. So Yeah, we, we've got a... We're going to have to send you a steak for gift basket, if that's the case. Right? Say the least. Yeah, I want a mug, too. Send everybody mugs. You got to start making some stuff. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I thought we weren't going to do that. Erica, hopefully we, uh, well, we should see you in a couple weeks. And like I said, you'll be back on the show anytime soon. Anytime, you guys. Thanks so much. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. This is the president of Night Agency and one of our great friends. If you don't know, you better get out there and follow her. Miss Erica Knight, thanks for coming on Steak for Breakfast. Yes, of course. All right, joining us next on the show today to do the news. She is our uh, unofficial fourth guest host, so we will not even dare <laughs> Introducing You're gonna her. stop making me feel old, okay? In, in anything but name only, she she skyrockets us to the top of the charts in the Dominican Republic, where we've gotten as high as one in podcast for news and commentary. And she's back to do the news today, Miss Keisha Montez. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me once again. Let's just not count anymore because <laughs> starting to feel a little old about it. I know. But good to be back. <laughs> and it's great to have you. How's everything going with you, dear? Happy Fourth of July. How was your weekend? Happy 4th of July. Happy first um, real 4th of July. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I was I was a little sad this 4th of July because uh, I love, I love, I love it so much. I'm very, uh, like, uh, you know, a little cheesy about it. Like, look at this. I know you guys can't see this, but look at this skirt. Maybe they could do I wanted to wear this skirt so bad. And <laughs> I couldn't because I don't have any friends in New York and I hated it. I hated it. It ruined it. Okay. I need to make an official call. If there's anyone in in New York City. Who's listening that wants to be friends with Geisha. You're going to have some creepers. (sighs) Not not for sex. Okay. If you need a friend, I'm I'm in the search because I needed needed to crash someone's patio for 4th of July and I, I didn't have any requests. So, so I, I just went to see the fireworks and there were so many people. I got stuck for a second. I couldn't even get to the bathroom at some point. Anyway, um, yeah, I love 4th of July so much. So it was a special day that I didn't know where to go to. <laughs> well, that could be a good problem. And as Noah mentioned, it was your first official 4th of July as a U.S. citizen. So congratulations again for that. I know we talked about it last time you were on the show, but for everybody tuning in for the first time. Thank you. Thank you. I know. I mean, you got to see this curtain, man. It was so appropriate for today. And I, but anyway, I'll, it, I'll just postpone it and I'll celebrate my first 4th of July as a citizen next year. There you go. <laughs> for everybody listening today, it's a, uh, a stars and stripes skirt. Yes. Yeah. 
looked quite nice. Well, let's make it. Uh, why don't you come to San Diego next Fourth of July, and we'll all have a big party, and we'll uh, call and see. You know what? Out. Yes, I want to do it, and I would love so much to do it. That'll be awesome. We have patios. You can you can hang out at our patios. Mm-hmm. So. Lots of uh, steaks and, and and ribs and stuff. Yep. Man, I will never forget those. Well, Geisha, unfortunately, it wasn't a happy 4th of July for everybody. We did see some uh, shootings occur across the country yesterday, most notably in the uh, state of Illinois and then in in Pennsylvania last night uh, at some of the 4th of July-themed events. Um, No surprise to anybody listening to the show, but uh, in regards to the shooter that killed six and and wounded close to 30 in Illinois, he was on law enforcement's radar for a better part of the last year, if not more. Why does that sound familiar? Yeah, Wait, and, does it sound like like he he was known before? Yeah, imagine that. Uh, and, and yeah, law enforcement didn't do anything to uh, well stop him from what he wound up doing yesterday, which was wear a disguise to get through the crowd and get to the top of a building and uh, murder a whole bunch of people who were celebrating the birthday of our country. So pre- pretty sad day there, but it, it's again one of those things we have a flawed and failing system, uh, which continues to target parents and let everyone in across our southern border instead of, you know, keeping us all safe. So it looks like it's going to, you know, fall on the shoulders of the American public to continue to uh, police themselves when it comes to bigger events like this. The uh, gun-toting, legal-carrying citizens of this country are going to be the ones that probably provide more protection than some of our uh, federal law enforcement agencies who continue to you know, disappoint. Yeah. And drop the ball in regards to these uh, active shooters. We've now seen Uvalde, Texas, the one that happened up in Buffalo, New York, and now Illinois where they were all on the radar and they didn't do anything to interject. And, uh, just, it just means more innocent American citizens, uh, you know, and, and their family members, uh, murdered. So pretty, pretty sad to see that. And, uh, you know, didn't get things off to a good celebratory note, but we, we did see a lot of great celebrations across the country, fireworks and, 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 you know, Celebration extravaganzas everywhere. But uh, I saw in the news cycle this weekend, which was pretty quiet and then eventually dominated by these shooters, um, coming in fresh off of COVID is uh, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, mm. one of Noah's favorite interviewers besides Dr. Fauci, uh, did the news cycle this weekend <laughs> and was talking about a lot of the great successes they've incurred down on the southern border. Oh, uh, the the operational control is uh, in control, and uh, God, I hate that guy. What about the data? He's a data guy. Um, the data suggests that uh, I'm unfit for this job. Now that's not an uh, actual audio clip of of Alejandro Mayorkas, but, but we're about to hear one now. He's talking about the uh, recent Supreme Court decision in regards to the Remain in Mexico program. Let's hear it. Reaction to that Supreme Court ruling Thursday that the Biden administration could end the Trump era remain in Mexico immigration policy, which forced thousands of asylum seekers to wait in Mexico while courts process their cases. Joining me now to discuss is Homeland Security Secretary Alejandra Mayorkas. Thank you for joining us this morning, Mr. Secretary. See how spot on and your you department were. says it will end to it will work to end the remain in Mexico program as soon as legally permissible. So what does that actually mean? And what is the plan as the border continues to be flooded with migrants? Good morning, Martha, and thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, We were very pleased with the Supreme Court's decision um, uh, supporting uh, our commitment to end the Remain in Mexico 
uh, program, which has endemic flaws and causes unjustifiable human tragedy. Oh, no. Uh, we need to wait until the Supreme Court's decision is uh, actually communicated to the lower court, to the federal district court in the northern district of Texas. And once that occurs, uh, the district court should lift its injunction that is preventing us from ending the program. So we have to wait several weeks for that procedural uh, step to be taken. Mm-hmm. I want somebody to ask him, what, what is the benefit of ending this program? Oh, I'm sure they didn't ask that on uh, ABC's This Week in Fake News. Mm. Now, Geisha, you're a legal immigrant to the United States. You've seen, since the start of the Biden administration, the uh, tragedy that's been going on down the, on the southern border, in addition to the flood of migrants that's uh, been coming across. We, we know for sure, according to some federal agencies, that terrorists have been released into the United States. Hundreds of thousands of getaways who we don't know anything about them have gotten into the United States. Uh, the the men and women who are supposed to be protecting the border down there are completely overwhelmed, overworked. And, uh, you know, we've just seen, even as much as recently, there was that tractor trailer about a week ago that had, uh, you know, like 70 people in it. And I believe 52 of them wound up dying um, from being abandoned in the extreme heat. Now, now, coming from your perspective, when you see this tragedy, well, Number one, does it frustrate you that you could have gotten your citizenship probably a lot faster if you just would have walked across the border in the last couple of years? I know you could go around. But number <laughs> how much two, money I could have saved? Yeah, but number two, for someone who's done it the right way, how much does this frustrate you now as an American citizen to see, you know, not only is the system broken, but it's our actual government who's helping break it even more? What frustrates me the most, I believe, is, in my opinion, the lack of sense, the lack of common sense where where we're seeing that um, a party, a political party, or a group of people are promoting um, illegal immigration as as a right, as something that 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 belongs to you to just cross, like you're you're an older, like it's like it, they're promoting this as like oh this is this is what we should do when um, this is a country that you know we know how important the, the United States is for the rest of the world and we should have uh, more you know more we we need to have more care care more about about how what people come in like we cannot just let anyone um illegal uh whether it is um you know you can have drug dealers fire people who will just just sell all kinds of of illegal thing human trafficking like what's going on and then there's a lack of common sense where people are just like but but it's wrong we shouldn't have a what is it it's not you're not thinking straight. They're just being emotionally manipulated. When when their emotions comes in, they they put this this thought in your head where you're a better person if you let people come in. You're a better person if you open the doors to them. And it's like you are not a better person for that. You're allowing a large group of. There's a lot of innocent people. Yes, I get that. There's a lot of criminals as well. And then yeah. also because the common sense is, it's illegal immigration. Therefore it's considered um, a wrongdoing. Like I had to go through a large process. I had to do all kinds of background checks. I had to pay a bunch of fees, get a lawyer, all kinds of things to come to this country legally um, because that's what we should do to protect the country that we live in, the the country that's giving so much freedom to, to people out there. If you keep allowing just nonstop immigration, not only not only the like we're going to increase crime and, and other things like that, but there can be also manipulations of voting as well as a as a term of exchange. 
oh yeah, I'm gonna let you in this country, but you're gonna promise us that we can come with our, your boat or just have all the documents and all the information necessary to also do those like, you know, voting, um, illegal votings and stuff. I just saying because that happens in my country. Uh, in my country, um, they will try to bring um, people from our neighbor uh, country sometimes illegally um, to take their um, IDs, their voting IDs. And then they will just pass it as, as a vote for the party that needs it in the moment. Mm, so perfect. in a way it's like farming, also farming votes. Uh, all of this, uh, so many, things that that hurts the country with this with just allowing anyone to come in like it is a lack of it's a lack of common sense that really drives me insane because why we're not protecting the country that is is so important for the world and just in and then just because that's how things are done like you want to go to a country you have to go through an, a legal process i don't know it's just like it's kind of gives me headaches when i think that that the the you know, they're creating an ideology of like, oh, yeah, you're good if you're just let everyone in. Um, but all right, we're just seeing now the results of what happens and that, you know. No, you're completely correct. And it's it's one of those things where the system isn't going to heal itself at any point in the near future. It's something that we've talked about on the show for a long time. There's a lot of people in the political analysis spectrum who don't really talk about the consequences of, of this broken system. You know, I, I wish some of the bigger, more larger voices, some of the major influencers online who, who you know, harp on this broken border system and they want to go after Alejandro Mayorkas, which is all valid and all things that are part of, you know, getting this thing under control. Uh, we believe that he's going to be impeached shortly thereafter the, the midterm elections. I believe him, Merrick Garland, and probably Joe Biden are the top three most likely to get impeached just for some of the stuff that's gone wrong. The border crisis, obviously, then the weaponization and um, non-truths that have been going on down at the DOJ in regards to targeting American citizens. I think we're going to see a whole lot more D-class on that stuff when, when you're starting to actually see how many uh, citizens, which, which is illegally to do are being surveilled by the federal government. And then in regards to Joe Biden, we're forgetting about it because of all the other stuff that happens, but the Afghan disaster where 13 servicemen and women were killed. Um, you know, that's, that's all fair and good. But one of the biggest stats that I think all of the major influencers, the podcasts, the news reporters, the people who go out there and virtue single on the border crisis right now are missing is the fact that millions of people have come into this country unabated for the last 17 months now. Zero of them are leaving. It's just none of them will be deported. Nah, there's a couple that'll leave. Handful, a handful. In regards to millions. Oh, yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it's a drop in the bucket. Majority. Yeah. Uh, you know, either they're going to be into the wind or they're going to have children, and then that makes them virtually uh, unremovable from the country unless they commit, like, a, a highly aggravated felony and then are convicted of it. And then when their jail time is done— there's an administration in place that is working hand in hand with the federal law enforcement agencies that would deport them. For instance, now the Biden administration does not have any kind of agreement through ICE with local law enforcement in an overwhelming majority of the states in, in the country where if a previously aggravated and convicted felon, let's just say somebody attempted murder or committed murder, they served their 20 years, they get out now. If there's no partnership between that local law enforcement agency, that federal or, or I'm sorry, state or local jurisdiction where the judge made the conviction and ICE, then that person, once they serve their time, they're just released back into the country. And it's well, in the, some cases, they're actually avoiding 
notifying them when they have a retainer on the person. Retainer, yep. retainer? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. I believe that's what I've heard on places like Fox News and Breitbart. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things. That I think that's the big point that a lot of people miss. So, you know, a drop in the bucket may be removed eventually, but millions of people who have been allowed to come in here unabated by the Biden administration are here to stay. And it just hurts so many... It hurts the workforce. It lowers minimum wage. It hurts uh, school districts where kids' education are going to be in, uh, affected by migrants who are infused into the school system who are coming from the third world that don't understand how the first world education system works, and they're just not geared uh, to just hop in and, and, and jump into that curriculum right away. Or just, just the amount of time it takes just to to run at a snail's pace with them. Yeah. And then you're talking about obviously crime and stuff like that. So th- th- there's a lot. And then all of the services where they're taking money there, there's welfare and there's uh, health benefits and there's work authorization that they're all being granted after a very short amount of time uh, in this country right now. It's one of those things where I, I think that's even more disturbing and alarming than the amount of people coming in right now. It's like, Donald Trump is not going to win the presidency or Ron DeSantis isn't going to win the presidency in the next presidential election and automatically start removing millions of people. It was one of the Democrats' biggest talking points that they would say on Donald Trump. You know, he used to campaign back in 2016 off they all have to go back. A lot of them did get deported, especially the severe criminal ones. You know, they had the uh, the the talent task force that tar- targeted people who were big time sex offenders, especially with children. They went out and they uh, busted up a whole lot of the gangs and the drug rings. They really targeted MS-13 under the Trump administration. But you're talking about thousands of people, and now millions more have been let in. So, it's hey, like, what was one of the first things the Biden administration did with Operation Talon? They dissolved it. Weird. Yeah, that so seems weird. like that was totally beneficial. Previously convicted child molesters uh, were, were now uh, the task force that was out trying to stop them and remove them from the country was dissolved by the Biden administration on day one. Insane. So. Yeah, I mean, the system's broken, but I mean, the systems here are, are going to be set up to be broken even more if this stuff continues, which has uh, led to a huge decrease in morale uh, down on the border with all the men and women who are tasked with defending this country. He was asked over the weekend on a show uh, about that. Let's hear his take on it. If you could just you know talk a little about the challenges we have, how the department is really going about uh, trying to, to, to curtail this, what's the most effective and efficient way, and uh, what is our path forward? Yep. So um, yeah. I will tell you the uh, frustration uh, of uh, the individuals, you know, yeah. with the badges on the ground and the, the holstered firearms. Wait, why are the badges earned. on the ground? Yeah. I, I just they we quit? need to be very clear about that, and our Border Patrol agents, um, you Don't know, their like morale you. is down, and I understand why. Hmm. But he wouldn't give a reason on why. Because you're an asshole. Yeah, pretty much. Nobody likes you. Now, Geisha, when you came to the United States, I'm sure you and probably your family had reasons for wanting to immigrate here, right? The American dream, stuff like that, all the good things that we hear about so often. What was some of the major reasons for, like, your family specifically? And, and you know, for our listenership who doesn't know, Geisha came over from the Dominican Republic. Well, just to give you a little background, um, I was I came through the uh, the green card that is you know because of the TV and and, and modeling and all that stuff mm-hmm. like the aliens with the, with extraordinary abilities. <laughs> anyway, bring, that's how they, bringing those talents now to stay for breakfast. Mm, extraordinary. <laughs> that's how they call it, not me. I didn't say that. They say that. But either way, uh, my parents recently they recently got their residency um, because my brother and my sister they're both uh, citizens. So I was actually the last one to become a citizen 
Um, my brother was because, you know, his first marriage uh, with his child uh, were uh, this American uh, born. Um, and, um, and then my sister, she was actually born here. <laughs> Don't ask me why, but she did. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Oops. Oops. Um, um, so, yeah, I was the last one. And recently, of course, uh, my parents, because, you know, they're our, our, our parents, they got their residency and it talked, you know, the, the usual like a year long of, of processing and going through all the legal process. And then they were able to come. So it took it took years for them, many, many years for them to finally be residents of the United States. Again, when you do things legally, they just take longer and you they, know they cost a lot of money too you know that's pretty funny that you mentioned that all three of those instances right you mean there like saving up for tv instead of taking it on black friday stop it what <laughs> uh, answer that you, you did make one of my points you know we just had that that little conversation about the people that aren't leaving the united states and in regards to your family you know you had a sibling who was born here so it makes it harder to deport the parents. I mean, if they were going through the process, obviously they would be allowed to continue through it. And then you had a sibling who was married to a U.S. citizen and they had a kid. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There, there, there's another thing that is, is virtually, you know, impossible to remove somebody from the country for. And that's if you're committing crimes, you know, not not like your family who went through the actual legal process. And then obviously you, you had one of your siblings born here, which means, you know, you can't just take the parents who don't have status or if they're going through the process and remove them because they're now the parents of a U.S. citizen who would eventually become their sponsor. So, you know, that that's just a little makeup into the whole matrix that is the broken immigration system right now. And, and for people who do it the legal way, just imagine people who come in and they just get released into the country and none of our federal law enforcement agencies or immigration services know where they are. Antoinette, your family is, is, is family of immigrants too. What are some of the things that you guys used when you, when you guys came over and did it the, the legal way? I mean, my parents, um, I'm first generation, so mm-hmm. my parents came from, from Europe, but um, they came here for the American dream, for opportunity. You know, they lived in a socialist, communist sort of country and, you know, they wanted a better future for their children and, you know, their children's children basically what most immigrants would come here for you know and they never they never lived off the government they never took welfare they came here with nothing and created a beautiful life for all of us so it's kind of a slap in the face when you see all this you know happening especially somebody you know like me like first generation my parents are you know we we love our country where we come from but we respect america and you know my family came here for the for the right things, you know, not to come and take advantage of this country in a bad way and see it go downhill and become a shithole, like, you know, where they came from at the time. Yeah. I mean, your, your family literally moved from a communist nation that, that was war, literally war torn and, yeah. and you guys came here and it's, it's one of those things. People that are coming in now are getting like a galaxy seven, Right when they come in free of charge and then, you know, they're getting their their ability to work within 14 days of crossing. And then shortly thereafter, they're getting their first 16 to twenty two hundred dollar check. Wait, so they are taking our jobs? Certainly are. Can I go back? Can I can I go around? Like, can I just like, you know, well, you'd have to renounce your citizenship and then, uh, you know, you and uh, who's going to renounce their citizenship? You and who's that asshole? Oh, the guy from Green Day. Oh, there you go. Yeah, uh, Billy Joe. You guys can wait in line together. You could just. My fr- husband's an immigrant, so he's like, and he's gone through the process too. We paid a lot of money to get him. You know, well, one, we're married and we have a child, but we paid a lot of money to go through the process. And he's like, seeing all this shit happen, he's like, wow, this is just, it's crazy. 
It'd it's be a fun. slap in the face too. <laughs> yeah, it'd be funny to see people who uh, you know are still in the process or, or recently got their citizenship, like Geisha, just fly into Mexico and, and cross the border and ask for a refund. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, can I make some grand <laughs> Well, no, because as soon as you become a U.S. citizen, then they stop caring about you. Which is also and you true. Have, and you have, I mean, literally you have less rights now, Geisha. You kind of fucked up. It's but I can not. travel without having <laughs> to do visa process. That's a big plus. And another reason why I'm like traveling for a little bit. Well, there's a lot of people from because Russia vacationing here right now. That I was forbidden to getting into. You know what? I just realized we probably have, you know, this may be breaking news. Mm. I like it. And now, a steak exclusive. Just, is this the hottest podcast in, in, that's going to be released today on July 5th? I mean, we, we do have someone who literally obtained a visa for being a supermodel. Mm-hmm. And, and we have a former Hollywood actress as one of our hosts. Mm-hmm. We, we had Erica Knight on earlier in the show who's, you know, not anything to sneeze at. She's she's a very attractive uh, MAGA woman as well. Mm-hmm. I'm an international man of mystery. There you go. And, uh, yeah, I think we might have the hottest podcast going today. Maybe not content-wise, even though we are bringing the fire as usual, but uh, at least in the looks department. Sorry for all our audio listeners. Yeah, it's a shame. But the point I wanted to make was we just basically broke down over the course of the last 10 minutes a multitude of reasons why people legally and go through the process to uh, become citizens come to this country. Uh, On this week in the fake news, Alejandro Mayorkas jumped on yet another show to talk about the real reasons why people are crossing the border right now at record pace. But, but, Mr. Secretary, that does not look likely. And you have Congressman Henry Cuellar saying that only about 30 percent of the Border Patrol are doing missions at checkpoints and the border because the other 70 percent are tied up at detention centers. It's How lower. do you fix mm-hmm. that? Again, the message is not getting out. Mm. Well, we are continuing to deliver that message, oh, and mm-hmm. we will continue to do so. And we will And for the first time so. since 2011... The president's fiscal year 2023 budget calls for 300 more Border Patrol agents. And we are hiring case processors. We are addressing this issue vigorously and aggressively (laughs) to address the amount of the number of encounters that we are experiencing at the southern border. Just a simple question. Ready for the garrison button. I think that we are um, doing a good job. Oh. We need to do better. Oh. We are focused on doing more, oh. and we are doing it with our partners to the south. Oh. This is a this is a phenomenon that not only the United States is experiencing. Colombia now has more than two million Venezuelans within its borders. Costa Rica has indicated that two percent of its population is Nicaraguan, and that might rise to five percent. The migration that is occurring throughout the hemisphere is reflective of the economic downturn, increase in violence throughout the region. Oh, come on, do the, it. Um, yeah. The yep. result uh-huh. of the COVID-19 oh, pandemic. Scissor me, timbers. The of climate change. We're really in oh, a, there it is. In that a was the regional challenge, and we are addressing it with our regional partners. Shut the fuck up. So... Did I just hear climate change was a reason? Uh, climate people? change and COVID is the reason that everyone's coming to the United States right now. <laughs> you see what I said about common sense? I'm telling you, I don't know what's going on in people's head right now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I think it's just really... That's the message that they want to portray. And I did pull a short one. I know you're going to want to have the garrison as soon as I start playing, but it's a really short clip. Let's get through all six seconds of it. 
Ready? Mm. You think it's working? I think that we are um, doing a good job. <laughs> it's just really sad. Define good job. I don't know. No. Like on a scale of one to good job, where do you fall on the fucking good job? Like, is there a, um, what is that? What is the graph? The, 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 the stats that you're, that you're saying right now don't reflect the actual data, the data that I have in front of me. The uh, <laughs> fuck every what time. Asshole. No, it, it, it's crazy. And, uh, you know, that's something it's not going away anytime soon. So we're obviously going to be tracking that without uh, switching gears. Now mm, good. We, we did see some of our possible democratic hopefuls coming up in the uh, 2024 presidential uh, election uh, making the rounds this weekend, Ooh. not Hillary, mm. even though I did post a really funny article that I think it was town hall media said like the Democrats are saying like, she's not the, candidate we deserve but she's the one we need right now Jesus, and it was a, it was an article about hillary clinton um liz cheney sat down with uh well she, she jumped on right after alejandro america so they probably high-fived each other on the way out with uh abc news this weekend to talk about some of the stuff uh regarding the january 6th trial and a possible 2024 presidential run party survive in the way you've known it if Donald Trump is again chosen. It can't survive if he's our nominee. But you just said again chosen? No. Um, I think that that he can't be the party nominee and I don't think the party would survive that. I believe in the party and I believe in what the party can be and what the party can stand for. Um, and I'm not ready to give that up. Those of us who believe in Republican principles and ideals have a responsibility to, to try to party lead the party back president. to what it can be um, and to reject um, and to reject so much of the of the toxin and the vitriol. We will stop the steal. Mm. We won this election and we won it by a landslide. This was not a close election. That millions of people, millions of Republicans have been betrayed by Donald Trump. And, um, and that is a really painful thing uh, for people to recognize and to admit, but it, it's absolutely the case. And they've been betrayed by him uh, by the big lie um, and by by what he continues to do and say to tear apart our country and tear apart our party. And, and I think we have stop it. Shut up. She is Geisha, in case you didn't know, Liz Cheney is currently losing her her U.S. House race in Wyoming, a state that voted, uh, I believe, 79 percent of the state voted for Donald Trump. She's underwater to a Trump endorsed candidate, Harriet Hagman, by 40 points right now. Got him. And she, yeah. she, she's talking oh. about being one of the saviors and, and, and the stalwarts of the Republican Party, which can't survive if he runs again. Now, there's been a, also I don't know if you saw this one, Geisha. There's been over the last couple of weeks a lot of like not trusted polls who have been putting out numbers that are showing that like Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, the lead that Donald Trump has as like leader in the party and most likely candidate for president, were like narrowing. But one of the actual true uh, polling agencies, Trafalgar, put out one last week that put all of that to rest. It showed Donald Trump had like a 40 plus point lead in, uh, you know, likely candidates to run for the election. And who would you vote for in the Republican Party? And it showed Ron DeSantis like floating in the low 20s. Mm. So it, it, it's what so that's why they are talking about that like that's why some people are are uh, saying stuff against trump is that why yeah they're trying to like delegitimize mm -hmm. him before he even announces his run for presidency which because of these polls 
and the narrative of the January 6th committee, a lot of people were really pushing on him hard to make an announcement this past weekend over the 4th of July. But it's like we explained to our listenership, at the end of the day, it's dollars and cents. We're still two plus years away from the next presidential election. In addition, we haven't had the midterms yet. And if Donald Trump were to announce his presidency, let's just say today, and I could be completely wrong. Money cannot just be an issue with that guy. Uh, he would have to pay an additional, like, it would. he would have to pay three years of campaign finances instead of just two. Uh, and, and usually the cheapest way for someone who's going to run for president to announce would be 100 and 120 days after the midterm elections. So, but, you know, I, I think it was probably a, a relief to everyone in Trump world to see such such great polls coming out here. Obviously, Liz Cheney's losing favorability in the party and becoming irrelevant. She'll be gone soon. And if she wants to run, she'll probably run as a Democrat in 2024. And the fact that Donald Trump is still, you know, stronger than ever, holding a more than 40 point lead in, in one of the most legitimate and trusted polls uh, through Trafalgar over Ron DeSantis in a head to head matchup. And today, what do you think of, uh, you know, the whole, well, trying to, you know, knock Trump down a little bit and then uh, seeing these numbers come out over the weekend and late last week that show that he's uh, coming just as strong as ever? Yeah, I think what the um, media will say, just to, to generalize in a lot of these um, ways where people are getting um, their information, it's just once again, what we're seeing is once again, another attempt to change the narrative, to portray a, like to try to portray a reality, to try to tell people like, oh no, he's not doing so well. And when the reality is he's doing very well, he's doing amazing. He's like just continuously, um, I feel like it's even growing even more than 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 before by the second. And the way a lot of these ways of communication work is that they together will try to slowly just change people's mindset by pushing them with narratives, like you say, using polls, using interviews of people, people just saying, and then and, and they all will come together uh, almost as it was like a like a chorus. They will all come together and say kind of the same things. Um, so you might see more Republicans all of a sudden just just saying uh, all, of, all of the blue that they no longer think that this or that. So, like, again, it's like to once again create um, this narrative. But I, I liked that uh, the truth, you know, we have to continue to to fight for for the truth and and to avoid more um, fraud. Yeah. That's very important because it starts with a narrative. And then next thing you know, there's another fraud that they're going to say like, but, but we all said that it was happening. You cannot be surprised that it's happening. Well, no, you've been, you've been pushing a narrative for a long time. And then now you want to use it on your advantage. So again, this is a fight for the country in my eyes, in my opinion, it's a huge fight for the country. So all the moves are going to be taken, um, whether it is to lower now um, his image within the, the the its own political party because we know that the democratic party is dead they they the, the democrat i'm sorry the democrats is just like right now it, it has worse reputation than like just anything in the world so now the hope is to be within the republican party um that's how i see it um and i've been kind of observing since you know since a lot of things are changing they just they're just like yeah democrats we're, we're lost let's just see what we can get here from the republicans i i don't know what do you guys think no, I, I agree with you. And Antoinette, I wanted to tell you, piggybacking off of, of what Geisha just said. Now, we've talked about it recently, but we could develop it a little bit more. We saw recently that the Supreme Court basically upheld some of the lawsuits that had been filed by states like Pennsylvania, where 
they would vote at the state level in the state Senate to pass voter laws in regards to like the stuff that happened with COVID. And then the secretary of state and, and governors who are not like, let's just say, for instance, in Pennsylvania, Republican Senate, and then you have Democrat secretary of state, Democrat governor. They just basically change the voter laws to make, you know, free for all mail-in balloting and uncleansing of the voter rule or roles uh, not happen before the 2020 presidential election. Now, in addition to what happened with the Supreme Court ruling on that, that they can't do that anymore, what happens at the Senate level basically is what is going to be law in the state. We have seen some voter rolls cleaned. We have seen some states drop machines. We have seen, you know, other states implement laws that are going to better safeguard. We're never going to be satisfied with the broken election system that we have in this country right now. But combined with the recent polls, and, and some of the uh, stuff we've done to safeguard our elections a little bit more since 2020. What, what are you thinking, Antoinette? Um, in terms of like what needs to be done? What needs I mean, to be done? And then do, do you like the favorable numbers for Trump? And do you think they're more realistic than what some of the other people are saying? Like Ron DeSantis is coming on hard when we all know that's not really the case. Yeah, it's not. I mean, they're going to try whatever they can. Like Geisha was saying, you know, within our own party, because the Democrats are pretty much finished you know they're they're going to try to you know do it internally too and obviously they've been skewing numbers for god knows how long you know i'm just Um, worried about what they're going to stoop to because they know they've lost they know that they're going to lose power and i just don't see them accepting defeat like they're something i I hate to be nostradamus but something horrible is going to happen yeah, and, I and, have that feeling. And I feel like I feel like they're gonna suspend the government, suspend elections, medical dictatorship, or or yeah. some just happy horse shit. I, I don't even know, but I I just got a real bad feeling about this. I do too. I was gonna say that the same thing. Basically, like what they know it's over, you know, for the most part. But what are they really? What are they gonna do? Yeah, what are they willing to do? Exactly. Well, How low are they willing to go? I mean, we know they can get pretty fucking low, but. It's kind of scary when you check it because it's like a dying beast. You know, what's their last move? Like, you know, they're, they just want, they're going to try to take out everyone with them. Like this country, they'll burn it down before anybody else can have it. You know, so yeah, I mean, we do know that the whole goal of the January 6th thing is to find a way legally for Donald Trump not to be allowed to run for presidency in 2024. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's one of those things that, uh, you know, we definitely have to do everything to continue to push back on that narrative because we know just about all of it is illegitimate. Also funny, no, it's it's interesting that you in- mentioned Nostradamus because I'm actually back and forthing on Twitter with Raheem Kassam right now. And oh, nice. He tweeted just about five minutes ago, remember my predictions, they're always right. Mm-hmm. So I quoted it and wrote Raheem Stradamus. And then he, <laughs> he, re- he, he re-quoted it and wrote Nostra Kassamus. <laughs> So I guess we're all thinking on the same page. I said even better we'll allow it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's just it's funny how we're, we're seeing a lot of these meltdowns. And uh, I saw on the news this weekend um, they were talking about some of that Gavin Newsom ad, Noah, that you were teasing a Ugh. little bit earlier in the show. Disgusting. Yeah. Um, Ari Hoffman was on Newsmax over the weekend um, from the post-millennial, and he was reacting to some of the content of that ad. Let's hear him. I don't think that's the freedom that Newsom was trying to allude to in that ad that he's playing when he's talking about freedom today here in Florida. Um, I do want to get you guys to react to that because I'm shocked. 
I used to live in Los Angeles. I live in Florida now. What is, Ari, what is Newsom talking about? I mean, freedom? This is coming from a state where they were mandating you wear a mask inside your own home. Yeah. This is almost <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. <sighs> I think we've all been taken for a ride and fell for a campaign strategy. He knows this isn't going to play in Florida. No. But what he also knows is that all of us are going to be talking about it mm. on Newsmax, all the conservative talk radio shows. And we're giving him free PR because this is a guy who wants to run for president. Mm -hmm. He is now getting all that free PR with one ad strategically placed in Florida. Do you really think anybody's going to move to California from Florida, including Democrats who fled California to get away from <laughs> his policies no but this is a way of getting him in front of the national spotlight this is exactly what he wants to happen and taxpayers are paying for it i mean you're right ari it is fueling speculation for newsom 2024 so geisha you know when you look at some of the potential candidates for uh 2024 on the dem side we already mentioned liz cheney we all know that she's thinking about it you have like klobuchar you have pocahontas hillary clinton Joe Biden still is speculating that he'll run again. Obviously, Kamala Harris. People are saying that Pete Buttigieg is a rising star in the Democrat Party. And, and, and when, you, when you look at that, none of them are really attractive physically. And then when you talk about places where they've worked, I mean, Pete Buttigieg has been a mayor. Kamala Harris has only been a senator in California where there's, you know, quite a few of them. And it's always run by the left. So her legislation isn't really something that's uh, groundbreaking or comprehensive. Uh, you know, Amy Klobuchar and Elizabeth Warren are just, you know, people that have been in the Senate and aren't really known for anything except going out in, in, in committees where they're appointed to to virtue single. And then obviously Hillary Clinton, who's always going to be the dark horse until she decides to just pack it up and retire from politics. Now, now you see Gavin Newsom, someone who's in his late 40s. Uh, he, he's an attractive guy. He's young, thin. He's got a big head of hair, always smiling. You know, whenever he wants to get on TV out here in California, he'll go grab a garbage bag and, and one of those little claws and pick up trash on the side of the road. And say, oh, I thought you were going to say cut up people and put them in there. Well, that too. He probably. looks like a fucking mass murderer. Yeah, he, he looks like. Well, he's like he's, he's like, like the Ameri real life version of American Psycho. Yeah. So, yeah, but, he looks like him. But but he is pretty much right now for. Don't just look at it. Eat it. Yeah. <laughs> now let me see your card. <laughs> but but uh, you know, for what the radical progressive left is right now, he's probably the most establishment looking leader of it. And yes. and when it when you just break it down to numbers wise, he probably would be able to do okay in the debates, uh, in places like California, New York, Illinois, uh, Washington, and. Pennsylvania and, and the urban areas. What do you what do you think about him being a possible presidential hopeful for 2024? You think it's something that's legitimate or is he just testing the waters? Well, I have a question. Mm -hmm. Didn't he get um what was it? Like a couple million or something signatures to get him out and Yeah, then, recalled. Yeah, so so what what happened because um they got they got the the amount of signatures that were needed for that and I don't know. He kind of went legally, or, or or try to fight back, or something. <laughs> Some, um, somehow he so, got more popular. Yeah. So so he he they got enough votes to have a recall election. And interesting enough, during the height of COVID out here in California, when they had the recall election, he won by a higher percentage than when he ran in his regular election. So there was enough people to vote to have an election to remove him from office, but he became more popular when they actually had that vote to remove him. Which is asinine to even think. Because I, I remember also getting um, a lot of people messaging, saying just, just kind of desperate about how 
the same thing is happening over again in terms of the voting. Um, they were saying that a lot of sketchy things were happening there, that they were not allowing people in or like they, you know, like all of this, yep. all of these things happened again. So, of course, we know like if this happened once in the most important election in the world, which is to choose the president of the United States. I mean, what do you expect is going to happen for a mayor? I do not think um, that. The, that popularity is is somehow uh, legitimate. I think it's the same situation with Biden and how he got over 80 million votes and he's the most famous <laughs> president in the world. You know, if you want me to believe that, well, that's a different thing that like me thinking, uh, you know, more in, in reality, what could have possibly uh, happened there. And um, they don't want to lose control of uh, such a state as California. That's what I think. Um, American Psycho is still there. And, and yeah, like you said, it's someone that, yeah, to the look at the eye, you know, let's say it looks decent. But what has been happening in California has been so hor horrible. All the stealing, all the, the, the drugs, all like this California right now, every day I see videos of a store getting you know, yep. broken in. And, and it's just such a disaster that you need to. I don't know. What is he going to do? He's going to have sex with every person to vote for him or something like he's going to have to come up with something smart or just going to steal another election. I don't know. But that's like, um, I don't know. Man, a head to head matchup in the debates between him and Donald Trump would be absolutely epic. Gosh, it, that would be so it, awesome. It, it would literally be America first versus where this country is going towards right now. And, and the sad thing about it is we all know that Joe Biden's not in charge and that he's not calling the shots, but he's the one that goes out as like the spokesperson for all the bad stuff that's going on. Just imagine someone literally almost 40 years younger than him who is implementing and at the forefront of these policies out on the West Coast right now is in the Oval Office and, and, and the one that's actually, you know, running the operation instead of uh, the, the bullshit they got going on now. Plus, you know, Gavin Newsom, strong ties to the Pelosi family and Chuck Schumer and, and you know, obviously uh, Watermelon Head, who, who's out here. You know, he's the House representative from the Hollywood district. So it, it's pretty interesting to see. I, I, I would have thought he would have went to Iowa first to buy ad time to see how that went over, because that's usually one of the first big straw states and bellwethers. But uh he picked Florida, and I guess he just wanted to kind of see, you know, all the data they can go off of only shows that Ron DeSantis won his election in, in, in when he ran for the governor last time by like 1.2 percentage points. So, you know, they're, they're saying that it can go either way, but I think Ron DeSantis is going to win by a lot more in, in the double digits category uh, moving forward here next year. He may not be running for president of the United States anytime soon, but he probably will eventually be running for president of the world. Uh, Klaus Schwab put out a, a 4th of July. Well, it's not really 4th of July. Over the weekend message. This, uh, like barbecued some crickets? There you go. Do we talk, have a, do we, oh, my God. Do we have a voice of Schwab? I love those. You love to hate him? All right. <laughs> let, let's hear him. And the stresses of finding work or returning to workplaces have even amplified the existential and often mental health crisis. <laughs> so, what should you do? Use the millennials and the generation set. What should you do differently? <laughs> Most immediately, you are calling for the international community to safeguard vaccine equity oh. to respond Perfect. to COVID-19 and prevent future health crises. Nobody will be safe if not everybody is vaccinated.
Oh, you know, I, th- I thought he was going to say everybody. Isn't that a moot point now? Well, Doesn't everybody, like, anyone sane now knows that's a completely moot point? No, they're playing COVID in, in Europe still. And I don't know if you saw it, but uh, one of the largest provinces in Canada extended their their COVID restrictions for another three months. Oh, perfect. Yeah, uh, starting July 12th over the wow. weekend. So, yeah, it's pretty sad. And, uh, you know, speaking of the weekend, we do have to segue to a little bit. Uh, Fourth of July, not as you know, it's so sad that we don't get to see the the blockbuster celebrations like we had when President Trump was in the White House. We get to see the absolute shit show that was Joe Biden. I'm I'm going to start our our last news segment here, talking about the Joe Biden's Fourth of July with a little bit of a throwback to last year and uh, what he clearly defines as the American dream. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him uh, foot, foot, excuse me. Oh, oh. <laughs> is that an old clip? It's last year's. Yeah, it's the it's the I was the yeah. foothills of the Himalayas yeah. with Archie Bunker and stop it. Like, fuck. No, he he did actually uh talk yesterday. He he did two events. One was in Washington D.C. The other one was actually at the White House. Him and Joe Biden appeared in Washington D.C. and they wanted to talk about uh the tragedy that happened with the shooter in Illinois yesterday. Let's hear him kind of fumble through it. And she still hangs out with me. Hey guys, one uh, serious note. Uh, you know, the, uh, there was a shooter, as you well know, in uh, Highland Park in Chicago. And uh, they have, I talked to the governor and to the mayor. We're giving all the help we could possibly give, including uh, FBI and special service. Anyway, they've identified the individual. Special they haven't service? stated the name, and I'm not going to do that now either. But they're trying to find him, and uh, six people have passed, and others are wounded. Yeah, but we got a lot dead. more work to do. We got to get this under control. We got to get this under control. But having said that, I just wanted to keep um, this is a slight moment of silence for all those families. Huh? Impromptu moment of silence. <laughs> oh, an impromptu moment of silence. Perfect. Yeah. It was funny how he says, like, they've released the shooter's name, but I'm not going to say it right now because they didn't have a teleprompter out there. He was out on, like, a big stage. And he was just supposed to be saying hi. Um, They're they're like, stop talking. Please stop talking. Well, you want to know what was funny? While he's talking the whole time, Joe Biden's standing right next to him trying to get the crowd to, like, cheer. And, uh, you know, she's... she's, Jill, Jill Biden? Jill, she's she's interacting with them and uh, and trying to distract them so they could probably speak up and they don't have to hear any of his gaffes. Like, please don't say let's go Brandon or anything like that right now. Come on, man. But he, he did give his more standard White House celebratory speech with the use of a teleprompter. And uh, I did pull, like, one audio clip from there. Let's hear it. All of them, all of you, a reminder that we're a great nation because we're a good people. It's because of you. I've never been more optimistic about America than I am today. Not the economy. An optimism that digs deep, never gives up. Hmm. That's America. That's America. So in this day, amid the storm and strife, may we commit ourselves to a principled patriotism, to the large <laughs> and complex mission protect and make a more perfect our union make real the declaration of our independence ensure that america is forever a place not marked by the thirst for power at any cost but by a covenant of trust and hope 
and promise. Corn pop. Happy Fourth of July, America. May God bless America and may God protect our troops. Enjoy the day. Enjoy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks. I just met your son. Get some extra sun? No, he pointed at some lady and somebody came up to try and move the microphone away from him. He's like, I just met your son. (laughs) God. Wow. Yeah, it's cringe, man. Yeah, I just want you to know that I remember that I met your son. The declaration of our appendix. Of our appendix. (laughs) The the rivers of the nation. So yeah, not usually well, not the typical Fourth of July that we were used to and, and and we're getting accustomed to under the Trump administration, but I mean, oh, how the mighty have fallen in the last 17 months. Um, I think, uh, I don't know, his new poll numbers out today are showing him still in the 20s. Oh, wow. uh, Yeah. Can it get worse? For the first time ever. Well, dude, don't post the actual poll numbers that come out on True Social because they're like, oh, we'll put a decimal point in between those two numbers. Like, everybody just fucking hammers the (laughs) shit out of you on there. That's where, I mean, that's where all our peeps are at, and they know that – there's no way he's probably – I mean, even though they said it, like, uh, real pollsters and political analysts will say that 30 to 35% of the base will never move no matter what. They're the, I can't hear you, I can't hear you, no matter how bad it is. Um, but, yeah, to see uh, – he's right now, I believe, in the low 20s and the independents in the high 20s and the actual job approval ratings, it's, it's not looking very good. And, you know, just based off of all the stuff we covered today – not only could impeachments be likely, but there's a lot of people who are, uh, you know, strategists in the Democrat Party who are starting to urge his people to not to have him say that he's not going to run for reelection. Oh, so a bold move, Cotton. See yeah. If, see if it works out for him. The most popular man in the history of modern politics who garnered the most votes in the history of the galaxy won't be running for re-election and they want him to announce it before the 2022 <laughs> midterms. So that's the clown world we're currently living in. Uh, Geisha, you got any uh, closing comments off of uh, Joe Biden's 4th of July extravaganza? Well, I was expecting at the end that he was going to say happy veterans day or something, you know, like I'm so used to seeing some, some, can I say fuck up? Yeah. Okay. Like Wait, fuck did, up. Did you say fuck up? Yeah. Like a fuck up. Like a fuck up. Yeah. <gasps> Okay, just checking. Okay, yeah. Well, then I guess I can say it. Um, but yeah, like I, it's like it's hard when you when you're in clown world. You're not even used to hearing like eloquent sentences, like the whole sentence complete, because everything just seems like um, like a uh, what's it called, like a blooper or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a blooper reel. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's sad, but then again, that this is when when you asked about Newsom and and we see. Joe Biden, like you really want people to think, or I don't know, the, the the Democrats that live in a bubble to believe that this is the person that is the most popular president in, in the history of the United States. So I just I can just laugh and and that that's gonna be my laugh of the day. Um, you know, very, very excited that we were we went over some of our favorite characters of these fuck up movie. Uh we got a little schwab also with his um, voiceovers. I don't, I don't know. They kind of sound like they came out from a movie. Um, but we kind of cover a lot today, right? Like um, about the situation of the country, a yeah, lot of yeah. news, some tragedies and and some also um, similarities to, to past events, you know, kind of like they call them coincidences. 
Imagine that. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think, uh, you know, we did do a, a kind of a broad stroke state of the nation this week. And uh, like I said, I'm sure that the the Dems at least had some more people. And there was probably going to be some people who went out and talked about, you know, the importance of the 4th of July. That was all set up to do that over the weekend. But when you have like a, a mass shooting at 11 a.m. Pacific time. It's awkward. Yeah, it kind of puts a, a dampering on everything. It, it, it wound up pushing all the guests off of the, the Sunday and Monday talk shows. And, uh, you know. We didn't really like to talk about it on our social medias. I think we might have shared a meme or two about it. But to mention that person by name or really get into, like, the rabbit hole that is his story. I mean, regardless of what actually happened, we we know law enforcement had this guy on the radar. We know they dropped the ball or just didn't care because, honestly, like, right now, I think, like, some of our law enforcement agencies are like, hey, the more patriots that get picked off by, by these crazy-ass people, the better because then we just don't have to waste money surveilling them, uh, which is sad to say, but, but probably uh, – something that's at least joked about at the water core um, in Washington, D.C. And, you know, it's one of those things we, we I just don't want to pay him the mind. I, I would much rather, you know, share memes and shit posts and have fun on, on social medias. And, and then, you know, obviously on the 4th of July, I hang out with my family. We had a barbecue. We watched the fireworks and then we, we watched a movie together uh, just in case anybody was wondering. And we want to talk about how everything woke goes to shit. Listen to this one, Noah. Mm. The Minions movie. Yeah. Oh, it, it fucking... First of all, blew everything else out of the water. Top tier comedy. I laughed the whole time. Really? And it made more money in three days than the Lightyear movie made in three weeks. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And I have to keep out. Yeah, they, they actually have banned the groups, large groups of children who were children and now are teenagers because there's like a five year gap in between the time that the two Minions movies have come out. Mm-hmm. So apparently they're going like in flash mob style, all dressed up like the main character, like the black suit with the scarf. And then at some point of the movie, they're, like, throwing bananas all over the place. So if you're, like, a gang of kids that are dressed up like the main character, you can't go into the movies like that anymore <laughs> at AMC. So they, they have, like, signs up posted outside of the movie theaters because they're, like, throwing bananas all over the place and going crazy. But That's amazing. No, the movie was really funny. And uh, I do like how the non-Disney cartoon movies that my kids like to go see, they don't have, like, they, they have just no filter. It's, like, they have inappropriate jokes that are, like, a little taboo, but not like hypersexual, like the stupid shit that was going on in the Buzz Lightyear movie where you got like girls making out and then like children appearing when there's a girl girl family unit. And even my son looked at me, she's like, Where's the kids in outer space? <laughs> Where'd that kid come from? And, and I'm just like, Yeah, I don't know. Watch the movie. I'm sure there's going to be some lasers or something in a couple of seconds. But yeah, they, even they picked up on it. And my, my son's only eight. So. It was, oh. it was one of those things where you, you even had creepy-ass Tom Hanks come out this weekend and said Disney probably made a bad choice by kicking Tim Allen out of that role. Yeah. Probably had, would have had a lot more people go and watch it if it Maybe was Maybe he's uh, mad he didn't get it. Well, it would be both. It's not Woody year. So, but, you know, they're, they're, they'll probably think twice before making another standalone movie like The Light Year One and, and changing the characters based off of political affiliation. Um but, yeah, that's just kind of where we're at right now. We're going to be picking it up again on, on Friday. But before we go, Geisha, we want to let everybody who doesn't already follow you across social medias, and I don't know how anybody who listens to Take for Breakfast can't. You're our most frequent guest. You're one of our best friends. You're one of our in-studio guests, one of the very few of all time. And, uh, of course, we love you very much on the show, and it, it shan't be long before you come back again. I, I promise that at some point I have to come back to the studio, wherever it is. I don't know if you're going to move or anything, but – 
it's always a great pleasure to see you guys. You know, I love you. I hated that, you know, the, I wasn't there for 4th of July. It could be such a good barbecue. Um, but I would have called in sick. I think yeah. we're going to have to do it at some point. Uh, my social medias, I think they're all named the same way. Is my name and my first last name, Geisha Montes, G-E-I-S-H-A-M-O-N-T-E-S. Anywhere, you know, like all this stuff in my hat, my hand, uh, TikTok, uh, Instagram, and you know, all the shadow brand accounts and stuff. I like it. And, uh, you know, of course, we're going to live link you in the show description today. We're going to tag you where we can, but spoiler alert, you're going to get the most uh, pull on true social. So expect our post from today's show to get quite a lot of uh, peaks and listens. And uh, f- maybe for the first time, a lot of the people who are coming into the show, which we've seen, you know, our downloads go through the roof the last couple months, uh, they'll be yeah. hearing your voice for the first time and hopefully appreciate it as much as uh, we do. And then uh, you take care, dear. And uh, we'll be for surely seeing you back on steak for breakfast real soon. Yay. I love you guys. Uh, have a good day. And thank you so much once again. Take care, dear. Excellent way to start the week, especially after uh, celebratory events that took place over the 4th of July weekend. And uh, if you loved hearing this episode of the Steak for Breakfast podcast and want to check out all 148 other episodes of the show, you can find us across every downloadable podcasting platform. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podaddict, Google Podcasts, FM Player, iHeartRadio, the Patriot Podcast Network on the Roku app, and now we're even on Frank Speech. Oh. Subscribe to the show and rate it. Please leave a review and don't forget to download, listen, like, follow, and share Steak for Breakfast content. Friends, get out there and throw some cash at our partners because the only thing that happens when you do that is you help make small American businesses great again. Speaking of which, my pillow. Mike's always got some kind of crazy sales going on down there. If you want to see uh, what exactly they are, Jack Posobiec on Twitter, Steve Bannon on War Room, they get into the nitty gritty. We've got Giza, we've got pillows, we've got everything. You name it, Mike's slinging it down there. MyPillow.com forward slash steak is the website. Enter steak at checkout for big, big savings. If you were more of a telephone person, you could talk to a qualified pillow representative. 1-800-658-8045. The top tier of ear gear and all things related. You can get those needs met at odyssey.com. They are the world's best headphones. I love them. Noah looks handsome in his. And uh, if you want to check them out, odyssey.com is the website. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Stay Ready Gear Holsters. If you want to uh, throw a picture of Klaus Schwab telling you that uh, COVID-19 vaccinations are the only way to come out of the pandemic and get the world economy back rolling, they'll put that on a concealed carry Kydex holster for you and get those orders out faster than ever before. StayReadyGear.com is the website. They're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Man rubs. Had a little rib action going yesterday in addition to uh, hamburgers, hot dogs, hot links, and chicken wings at my residence. We did shake it, sprinkle it, rub it. They went on the grill yesterday. When they came out, the bones just slid away right before they went in our mouth. Num, num, num. There it is. Manrubs.com is the website. They're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms has a pretty simple equation for all of your firearms-related needs. Guns, parts, accessories, and ammo. Newly redesigned, easy-to-use website is westcoastsurvivalarms.com. He's on Facebook Messenger and via the telephone, 619-870-6992. Mediocre Medic for all our first responders. You're going to love all the gear they've got on their online store. You're going to like their IG a little more. MediocreMedic.com is the website. And go and get yourself a zero-fuck-stuck. Treat yourself. Mm. T-shirt, sticker, flag, patch, pin. 
We've got the version two Walter still sitting up here in the studio on the uh, top of the Man Rubs Make Barbecue Great Again coffee mug. Don't know? Go ask Mark Joe Friday. Dumpbox.us. Find him on Facebook and Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. Upcoming shows. We'll be back on Friday and uh, into our usual lineup of America First guests and interviews. We're coming in hot with uh, Texas 15 nominee Trump endorsed Monica De La Cruz. Trump endorsed nominee Governor's Race Pennsylvania, Doug Mastriano. America First candidate nominee North Carolina won Sandy Smith. And we're going to talk a little shit with Alex Brusewitz. It's going to be a great episode. Next Tuesday, we're going to stay in the same thread. Georgia 10 nominee, America First candidate Mike Collins, and Trump endorse heading into his primary in early August. Washington 3rd is one of our favorites. Joe Ken will be joining us as well. On the 15th of July, former Trump administration official Garrett Ziegler will be here. We're going to do the news with Miss Christina Bob, and we're going to get an America First update from none other than Missouri's very own Eric Reitens. Missouri. Bag him, tag him unlimited numbers according to his latest campaign ad we love it and we love him boris epstein will be here on the 19th of july and uh we've got half of our proposed round table cash patel will be here on the 26th we're trying to get uh, ambassador rick Arnell to join him as well um adam lexalt liz harrington and stephen miller are all looking to get back to us right now and uh we're looking to hook up with them and get them in in july as well friends of the week Let's see. Got a lot of them. Let's go with our internet friends first. Well, obviously our guest, Miss Geisha Montez, we all love her. Cagbury the Eighth, Patriotic Babe Accounts, Mr. Garbaggio, Hugh White Memes, Christina Bob of Save America, and Tom Pappert, the editor-in-chief of Valiant News Live. In addition to them, we got all of our memer friends. Let's go Brenda, Silent Meme Jordy, Mostly Peaceful, Grand Old Memes, Not Far Out, John Hacker LA, The Real Meme DeLorean. Ooh. One of my favorites. Dumbass Photoshop, Machiavelli Memes. Right-wing savages, raw egg nationalists. Uh-huh. Had quite a few S-tier trolls this weekend. <laughs> yeah. And last but certainly not least, Baby Cakes 2.0. Guys, thanks to remember, between now and Friday, pretty simple. Number one, do your own research. Enough said. Number two, start a podcast. Know how we looking today. Easy peasy. It's literally four clips, and they're in order. It's amazing. Sounds simple enough. Let's see y'all do it. Number three, let's start talking about American greatness again. We did not talk about American greatness enough this 4th of July weekend. We need to start talking about it again. And last but certainly not least, let's see what happens. This has been episode 149 of the Steak for Breakfast podcast. And we'll be back on Friday, like I already said, with a hot, hot lineup. We've got Monica De La Cruz, Doug Mastriando, Sandy Smith, and Alex Brusewitz. On behalf of the pod team, and everyone that's listening. I'm Roan. Noah. Later. Antoinette. Bye, guys. Great job today. Thanks for listening. Take care. Serving lunch, Melinda. Might I fetch you something from the barkeep? 
Dost have thou a mug of ale for me and me mate? He has been pitched in battle for a fortnight, and has a king's thirst for the frosty brew thus thou might have for thus. I'll be right back, my lord. My thanks to you, fair wench. <laughs> Boom bam. Oh, thanks. Uh, look, look, I have to tell you, uh, uh, this is kind of difficult. Hold on. I'm not. Showtime. Welcome to a magnificent journey into the past. This is medieval times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you prepared for a night of feasting and sport the likes of which you will never forget? Yes! I charge you to stand up and cheer for your section's night. Let the games begin! The blue light rolls! The red knight sucks the big one! You're going down, red knight! Going down, down, down! Red knight going down! Down, down, down! Red knight going down! Can I get a knife and fork? There were no utensils in medieval times, hence there are no utensils at medieval times. Would you like a refill on that Pepsi? There were no utensils, but there was Pepsi? Dude, I got a lot of tables. 